Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of survive to thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I am joined by Bridget Johns. Hello, Bridget. Hi, how are you going? Very well, thank you. Here in lockdown in uh, regional New South Wales, Bridget's in South Australia, so is not in lockdown, which is awesome and very lucky for you. Um, so Bridget is a, a decluttering expert, a an expert in how to support women in helping them reduce the mental load and clear their calendars, their homes and their minds is what is the little blurb on your website, Bridget, and I just yes. love that so much. You and I were on a podcast the other day together, um, Ducks on a Pond or Ducks on the Pond, um, that is Kirsten and Jackie um, um, create that podcast and it was such, I just loved that episode so much. It was so good. It was uh, myself, Bridget, and Steph, and there was just so many valuable tips in there for women. It was focused on reducing the mental load, and it was just so good. And I thought, I really want to get Bridget on my podcast as well and have a chat to her because I know that, you know, the mental load, the, the struggle of how we cope with everything, our homes, the, the doing all the things for women is, is, you know, it's massive. And then on top of that, we've had all these lockdowns lately and we're at home so much more, so we're in our homes. And there's so much that goes along with all of that just causes all so much more stress. So the more that we can support women and help them with this, the better. So, Bridget, I always love to start with getting people to tell us where they, what, what their journey has been and how they got to where they are now. So if you could give us a bit of a background on, you know, where you are and how you got there. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for having me on board. So I live at a little place called Alford on the York Peninsula of South Australia. So if you look at a map and South Australia's got a little leg on it, I'm right at the top of the leg of South Australia. And we live on a sheep and cereal farm um, and we're just getting into goats. So (laughs) sheep, goats and cereal farm now. But I never expected to be a country girl. So I'm from Adelaide, uh, two and a half hours from where I live now. And um, I finished uni doing a food science degree and got a first job on the York Peninsula of South Australia. Uh, And I thought it'd be a year or two stint, get some experience up, head off to Melbourne or Sydney or even over to London or something like that. Um, And I vowed to never kiss a country boy, date a country boy or live on a farm. (laughs) So that all went out the window (laughs) three months after moving there. And I met my now husband. Um, Yeah. And the rest is history, I suppose. I reskilled in a way that I um, felt that food technology probably wasn't an area there was a lot of jobs around on the York Peninsula so I studied a bachelor I studied a master's in business administration um, and majoring in agribusiness local government and association management so 
gone through lots of different trainings around um, community development as well. And then I fell in love with positive psychology. So completed my diploma in positive psychology and wellbeing. Um, and yeah, I spent 16 years working for uh, state government and regional development roles and uh, machinery government change meant that my role was changed from an area of my expertise into something different that didn't quite fit with the direction I wanted to go. So um, after coming back from Adelaide from a meeting where I was in tears, not knowing what my career would look like, I assumed I'd be a public servant my entire life. I read a quote that was, not all storms come to disrupt your life, some come to clear your path. And I thought, if time and money were no object, what would I do? And I wrote down that I'd be a professional organiser. And that was on the 21st of May, 2019. And while I still had a government job, and then I just took real little baby steps to try and bring that dream to life. And in March 2020, I launched Be Simply Free, a professional organising business where I teach people to declutter not only their homes, but their phones, calendars and minds. So they've got more physical space in their home and more time in their calendar to collect moments, not things. And I do that from my little spare bedroom on our farm, um, yeah, Alfred in South Australia, where people all over Australia and the world. Amazing. So did it start yeah. off doing in person and you actually went to people's homes and then now it's online as well or? No. So what started was a really bizarre, like, I don't know how it turned into a business from where it started. I actually went on a family holiday. So I talk about collecting moments, not things with clients. And that's what we do with our family as well. We talked to the kids about where they wanted to go on holidays and they said to the snow. So we saved up for 18 months to make that happen. But I actually snapped my ACL on the ski slope. So I started an anonymous blog on Instagram talking about my health recovery of um, doing conservative treatment without um, surgery to fix my knee. And that led into sharing some decluttering tips because I needed to find some more time because I was a bit slower on the knee um, and people really started enjoying those decluttering tips so that led on to me thinking well maybe there's something in this um, sharing decluttering tips but being based on a farm there's a lots of travel required to help people in home so my business model was always to work with people over zoom so working with them over a three-month period and catching up um, for an hour every fortnight because I really find that yes I can and I do go and help people in person over a four-hour block and really help them do the physical declutter but it's all about the mindset and the mindset shifts so um, when we just go in and make the declutter without making the mindset shift the clutter can easily come back so working with people over three months and making those mindset shifts can really help them form new habits so the clutter doesn't come back into their home and they can have that sustainable long-term change so and remember zoom was sort of a new thing back in March 2020 before COVID hit not many people were using it so that's a slight silver lining to the pandemic that more people are aware of zoom and even during lockdown I can still support people to make those decluttering changes and they can see the changes in their homes when they work on the decluttering work even during lockdown. Oh, it's so awesome. It's very similar to the work that like that I do with women too in different areas. It's all about that. The mindset stuff is so, so important. It's not just a matter of here's your plan for decluttering. It's that importance of all that other stuff that goes behind yeah. it. And accountability and giving them a being a cheerleader. And because it's an ebb and flow, it's not just like, yes, we make a decision and that's what's going to happen. There's ups and downs and being there to support them along the way is a critical factor. 
I love that. So you call yourself a coach. So you do the coaching and then there's also the online courses. Is that right? So people can yeah. like, choose which how they want to work with you, I guess. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, that's very powerful. Yeah, so, so one-on-one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so one-on-one can help people um, specifically about their what they're working on. And then the courses is called Clear Clutter, Find Time. So for people that want a little bit of support, not the just not the one-on-one support, they can come in and watch some videos around the decluttering. And then we have some live um, Q&A sessions and a Facebook group for that accountability. And then I bring in some expert guest speakers like interior designers um, and personal stylists because clutter is so much broader than your um, furniture and things it's also your wardrobe and all those extra things as well so I get others to come in and give some extra tips and then I take on some of those tips as well like a new stand-up desk that's something I had from an interior designer sharing we sit so much let's um, see if we can add some movement and standing into our day by using a stand-up desk Oh, so cool. And isn't it just amazing that we can now create these businesses anywhere in the world and reach all these people? And it's just, yeah, I bet it's been so awesome for you and to see the growth and just that opportunity for you to grow a business like this, doing what you love. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, like I, I really scared myself when I sort of thought of if time and money were no object, what would I do? Like to write down to being a professional organiser. A lot of people don't even know what that means. And some people thought it was being a wedding organiser or something like that. But um, internet and technology, I don't think I could have done this probably even five years ago on our property with MBN Connectivity. Um, so very grateful that, yeah, we've got some extra black spot funding that made it possible for me to be doing Zoom catch-ups with people around Australia and the world. Um, so the world is your oyster. Like we've, we're so far apart, but the internet brings us so much closer together. So definitely encourage anyone that's got a, a pipeline dream, just take a baby step to make it happen. I never thought I'd be here, but a year from now, you'd wish you'd started today. Absolutely. And it's, it's a lot of the work that I sort of, that I feel called to do is support women to start businesses just like this. So even though today we're really chatting about how we can support women, you know, with the mental load of the decluttering and all the work that you do, it is so awesome and so inspiring to hear your story of starting a business like this, because it's something that I just feel so passionate about for women. It's it's so much opportunity and freedom and, you know, and being able to create the impact that you want in the world, plus, you know, generate money and financial freedom is just so so powerful so it's beautiful that we've got that example in your business here as well I love that so I would love us to dive into um so at the moment I'm sure you know we know that the mental load is massive for women at any time um it's probably more significant for a lot of women right now who are possibly in lockdown I mean I guess probably a lot of farming women and rural women Lockdown's not that much different to normal life, apart from the kids not, or the kids being at home and not doing their normal activities and stuff. But what's some advice that you would give to someone who's just feeling overwhelmed? They're home more than they normally are at the moment. The kids are around. Where can they start? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yes, my biggest tip would be to start by reducing the noise. There's so much noise around us that external to our house. There's, there's also noise from those kids that are around a bit more as well. But let's talk about reducing that external noise. And my number one tip would be to put the phone down. So there's so much we can get connected to other people through social media and the news and things. But let's start by just popping that down for a bit and taking a deep breath. Um, let's connect with the people around us and try and make the most of um, our day by um, in focusing on what's right around us. 
if there's a lot of mental clutter flying around in your mind, um, really get those thoughts out of your head and onto a piece of paper. It's, it's so busy and it seems so much more overwhelming when you're thinking of all those things up in your head, but let's get them out of your brain onto a piece of paper and even better if you can communicate them verbally to someone. So maybe if the partner or husband comes in at lunchtime or at the end of the day, just explain what's happening in your head. And it can always seem a lot more daunt, uh, less daunting when you share it with someone else. And then, yeah, look and see what's three things you want to focus on today. Just it might be an overwhelming list, but let's break it down into those baby steps and look at three things that you really need to get done today or you want to focus on and to do them first up. We can be the biggest procrastinators and I'm still procrastinating a lot myself. So I really find that strategy of picking three things you want to get done, get them done early and it just sets the rest of your day up for success. And there's some smaller things you can do to really look after yourself. I sort of have five everyday habits that I focus on. I always make some time for me time. So that could look like me going for my morning walk and listening to a podcast. Um, I actually picked up a hobby as I started my business of doing cross-stitch and it's sort of my form of meditation and getting a break. Definitely. I chose it because it made my hands busy so I couldn't get to my phone. But what's something you can do for you in your day? So some me time, making sure there's some exercise and drinking water. So those are three things that you can do to look after yourself because you need to look after yourself if you're going to be helping others and my last um, two tips there would be to make your bed and do a kitchen reset so um, a lot of data will show you that if you can just get one thing ticked off your to-do list quite early and a good one is to make your bed you can if you're home more you're probably going to be walking past that bedroom more so if you can look in and see a made bed it's a, some less physical clutter you can see in your home and resetting the kitchen each night so there's a clear bench you can walk out to the next morning can really set your day up for success I never want to clean the kitchen at the end of the night it's one of those tasks that um, yeah is not fun to do but future you in the next morning we're so grateful evening you um, actually did it and most of the time it can take less than 10 minutes if you're doing it consistently every day, probably five, 10 minutes, you can get it all done and walk into a clear kitchen the next morning, starting your day with a fresh slate. Oh, they are such good tips and, you know, practical things that we can all, because a lot of what we're experiencing at the moment is that everything's out of our control. You know, there's all these things yeah. that we can't control. These are some things, really practical tools that we can all control ourselves that can give us that sense of, okay, I've got this. Even if it is just making your bed for the day, you know, you're like, yes. So such great tips there. I would love to jump into the kitchen stuff as well because I, I know you've got a masterclass. I mean, this will this podcast will go out after the masterclass. Yeah. Now, but no doubt you will do more <laughs> of these. But yes. um, tell us about the kitchen because I saw your post recently that I loved and the kitchen is the hub of the home. And it absolutely is in our home. We've got big, you know, kitchen island bench and it is where we spend all of our time and I absolutely love that space. And so tell us about what this masterclass is all about and what your tips are for the kitchen because, I, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's so important and so helpful if you can get, the, get that space nice so that when you get up in the morning it's ready to go and it gives you that sense of calm. It's just 
So what, what else is your advice for the kitchen? <laughs> well, partic- particularly in farm homes, I'm not sure if it's like it in your house. No one actually uses our front door. <laughs> most people come in the back door and most Absolutely. back doors lead into the kitchen. So it's the first place we come into. First place my husband comes in through the back door and our carport door is just off the side there as well. So it does become the dumping ground. And what's the first place that people see to dump? It's normally the kitchen bench or the kitchen table. So my number one tip is to try and keep those kitchen benches clear. So when we first um, set up our farmhouse, I was lucky when we moved out to the farm, we had the chance to um, redo the kitchen so I could make it for me. And we started with a big island bench in the middle and I had some stuff and trinkets in the middle. But as I stopped focus notice, that's a strategy I talk to clients about. Stop doing the same thing over and over again. Um, notice what your options are and focus on um, what you can change. So when I noticed that by having too many trinkets on the top there or having too many vases on there, I was forever moving them out of the way when I needed to make food. So what I do is have a clear island bench and to keep the smaller trinkety things or the things that are collected on the kitchen bench, we actually have something called launch pads. So we have two drawers in our kitchen, one for my husband and one for myself. So In most island benches, you've got some drawers underneath the island benches. So we decluttered those drawers and I have a drawer that holds my handbag. It holds the tissues. It holds the spare keys, um, all those little things or things that I need to have nearby to take out of the home. So the library books go in there when they need to be returned. So if there's stuff, instead of having my um, handbag popped on the kitchen bench when I come home, I just open the drawer and place all that in there so it keeps the kitchen bench clean. And same with my husband, that was a pet hate of mine that he'd come in and gosh knows what, what's been in his pockets or what um, farm things have been in contact with him. So he'd come in and empty his pockets out. So he has the top drawer where traditionally people would have their cutlery. So it's a little bit confusing when guests comes to visit. We cleared <laughs> out one of those drawers, but actually by reducing a lot of our tea towels, um, and that top drawer is where he puts all the little nuts and bolts that come out of his pockets, his sunglasses, um, his hat and all those things go in the drawer. So, again, it's off the kitchen bench. But if you start with having a lot of things on your kitchen bench, start small and just remove three things from your um, kitchen bench and see how that feels and if it makes your kitchen a bit calmer. Um, and then try again if there's some more things you want to remove off to find out what the right number is for you. And then we also reduce the number of crockery and cutlery we actually have available to us in the kitchen. So we're a family of four. So my husband, myself, a nine-year-old son and seven-year-old daughter. So we only have eight plates, bowls or side plates in our kitchen at a time and eight um, spoons and forks. We uh, have lots of visitors and we actually have a spare set of another 12 crockery and cutlery in the car shed. So we've got a set for 20 uh, if we have visitors, but we only have eight available at any time. That was another stop focus notice because we were finding the kids were going through and using like 10 bowls or 10 of everything. And it would um, make our kitchen so messy. There'd be, it would overflow from the dishwasher. So we were not only doing dishwashing, but then there was all crockery and cutlery on the kitchen bench. So that's a strategy that works for us, reducing what we have access to. 
And if we do need to occasionally wash a bowl before tea time or something like that, we can just wipe it off and go, but just stop that buildup of clutter in our kitchen. So there are a couple of little tips to start people off, but I think that visual, um, having less clutter to view in the kitchen is definitely a way um, to reduce the overwhelm when you're walking into your kitchen and it makes it quicker to tidy it up at night. Oh, Absolutely. You know, the, the amount of cups that get used in our house. It's like, okay, get one cup and just use that for the day, please. <laughs> yes, particularly in lockdown, I'd encourage everyone to use drink bottles rather oh, than yes. cups. Yeah. Oh, that's a good a idea. Actually. I should get them using their drink bottles. Absolutely great idea because, yeah, we've. but the trouble is I've tried that thing of getting rid of the cups and then my husband's always like, now there's no cups. <laughs> so you're saying them. Yes, and communicating with them. That is another yes. key thing. Whenever you're doing things, the mental load can just grow if you're the only one that knew, knows the new home or something, if you're moving things around. So really um, take the time to have a family meeting or when you're all sitting around the kitchen table at tea time, just explain where the new home for everything is because you don't want to be asked forever, where's this going now or where's that or I can't find this. So make sure you communicate changes in your home that is such good advice because otherwise that just adds to your stress level even more and has a reverse effect because then everyone's hassling you like well and then giving you a hard time because you've moved everything and changed everything around (laughs) it's all your fault mum (laughs) <laughs> yeah or labels labels another um tip if you want to put some um just sticky tape and a permanent marker you don't need to go fancy and get um all beautiful things you're welcome to but short term just grab some sticky tape and a, a black marker which is another thing i normally find in mr farmer's um, pockets all the time <laughs> and just make a little um yeah note on a piece of sticky tape and pop that in the pantry or the the drawers to find the show everyone where the new homes are Oh, yeah, that is such a good idea. And the other day um, Poppy actually did it herself, but she got a little ribbon and tied it on her teacup so that she could have that for the day, which I yeah, thought so she knew it was her cup. And I was like, that's a very good idea, Pops. Well done. Yeah. Um, but that, that is, yeah, that's such great advice and I, I think that's very, very valuable for people. So let's talk about the mental load. We did talk about this, you know, and if you want to, I highly recommend going and listening to the ducks on the pond episode because it was so good. But I think it's something that we just can't talk about enough as women because it's something that we all experience and often we don't talk about it. And it still amazes me how many women are like, oh, well, I'm not the only one that feels like this. You know, there's so much, and you would experience this in your work too, so much of the work that we do in the working with women is you realise that so many people feel so alone in the way that they're feeling. So I think it doesn't hurt to talk about the mental load again. So tell us, you know, what what is the mental load? What does it look like? And then how can we kind of, how do we manage it as women? And then what's some tips for how we can do our best to kind of try to manage it? (laughs) Yeah, the mental load is all those things that fly around in our head, sometimes that we put on ourselves and sometimes society puts it on us, that the things we need to do to make our life function and our family function and everything around us evolve um, to go forward. So it's all those balls that we think we need to juggle in our lives. I talk about glass balls and rubber balls. So some things in our life we must hold on to and keep moving and then they're glass balls. And if we drop them, they're going to shatter. And one of the most important things we need to keep juggling is ourselves. And it's normally the first thing we drop that 
that we drop the me time out of our lives because there's so many other things clogging up our brain in that mental load. And what are the rubber balls in our life that we can put down for a day, a week or a month or forever and our life would still function? So that's getting clear about what's happening in our lives and working out what we want our lives to look like because society has told us that we need to do all these things, but do we really want to? And we don't have to. These are all the shoulds that um, the world's put expectations on us. And I love a book by Tiffany DeFou called Drop the Ball. And she redefines what dropping the ball means to release the unrealistic realistic expectations of doing it all and engaging others to achieve what matters most to us, deepening our relationships and enriching our lives. And I think we all need to do more of this, like drop the ball, stop doing all these unrealistic expectations and um, make what you want your life to look like. Sit down with your family. Have a discussion about what you want your decluttered life to look like. In a year's time, what do you want to be doing, seeing and um, enjoying with your family? And you've got the power to change what your life looks like and then take baby steps to start. It's never too late to start. So I really encourage people to get all that mental clutter out of their brain, to write it down, to discuss it with the people around them, to ask for and accept help. We don't have to do it all. So why do we put that expectation that we need to be a full-time worker, full-time stay-at-home mum, full-time friend to all these other things? That's how Be Simply Free started. I was too overwhelmed with all those things coming back from my second maternity leave. And I put all these expectations on myself to do all the things. And then I just burnt myself out and broke down. And um, then I've taken baby steps to work out what we want our life to look like. And now I help others to do that. So you don't need to be doing all the housework in your home. What, What does your partner hate less than you that's how we worked out that my husband who's a farmer he was doing the mopping in our home because he hated mopping less than I did so (laughs) what task can we break down and do but funny little fact for the first 15 years of us living together um, we didn't have a cleaner and we chose not to but by delegating the mopping to my husband for six months, he worked out how a crap a job it was. And he was the one that actually um, got a cleaner organised and a surprise when I'd been down in Adelaide for the weekend. And yeah, we've had a cleaner for the last eight months and it's definitely been a game changer. So look to delegate to family members. Your kids can do so much um, more around your home as well. But once you've done that, look to outsource some tasks as well to others. And yeah, work out what you want your life to look like. And I think we underestimate what our kids can do. Um, The kids, yeah, I don't remember the last time I unpacked the dishwasher because that's a job my seven and nine-year-old can do. My kids are capable of putting the load of washing on. They don't do it all the time, but they're capable of doing it because our role as parents and adults is to raise capable um, adults. So Let's um, empower them to do things around our home because um, we've only got 1,440 minutes in our day. So if you can get someone else to do a task, you're gaining back some time. And particularly if you're not making any time for yourself in your day, this is a great way to find um, 1% of your day, which is 14.4 minutes. How can you get someone else to do a task so you can gain back almost 15 minutes to do for yourself? And don't start by saying everyone's going to be doing everything else for me. Just take a little baby step so the kids can make their own lunches or can um, feed the pets. Start small, but start and build and find some more time in your day so that mental load's reduced um, from your daily um, to-do list. 
Absolutely. That I cracked up about the husband um, getting the cleaner because isn't that just so true? And there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves and we, we can slip into that martyrdom of thinking that we have to do it all. And, yeah, as soon as the guy does it, he's like, oh, fuck it, this, I'm getting a cleaner. And I, I can't believe it took us so long to do that. And, yes, it does take juggling the budget and making changes, but I would much prefer to um, have a little less takeaway or spend a little bit, maybe look at your budget. That's probably a good place to start as well to reduce that mental load as well. See what's in your budget. Have you got lots of different streaming services that you don't need to have? I'd much prefer just to have Netflix than all the other ones. So I didn't. I gained another two hours in my week from having someone else doing the, the mopping, the cleaning, the toilet and the, the shower and those things that you never get around to. So, yeah, stop, focus, notice and see what would work for you and your family. It's not a cookie cutter approach. It's working out what works for you and your family. And also valuing your own time and what you're really worth, you know. So often we don't do that. And it's, it's so important to do that too and think, well, yeah, I can pay a cleaner to do this. And then I've got two hours of all that stuff that I can do. That is such great advice and giving yourself permission to do that. We, we have a cleaner and I definitely get the kids on board with all the jobs and we have a thing where we don't pay the kids for the jobs around the house because they're just part of the family, you know, and I, I remember reading that ages ago and I don't believe in paying them to do things that I have to do anyway in the house. If it's extra things that are outside, yeah. like bigger deal things, yes, they can get some pocket money for that. But uh, do you agree that the around the house jobs are just part of the family team? Yeah, and we've taken a, um, a approach that maybe some other farmers could do as well, that we actually gave the kids um, three sheep when they were, oh gosh, it feels like at least three years ago. So we gave them some sheep and that was um, our investment and then they had to look after those animals and do some extra jobs around the farm and then they sold them and then they had to keep the money to reinvest in new animals and then they got the difference. So that's how their pocket money works. So they've had a few different um, animals in our farm and the chickens and the eggs and those types of things. So you can sort of make little entrepreneurs out of them as well and show them that these things don't um, feed themselves and you need to be responsible and consistent with doing jobs as well to make the difference around the home. So, yep, our kids do all their morning jobs, um, yeah, for no pay and then there's some extra things they do around the home um, that they can get money and use. We have a the spend, the save and the give. So they're um, looking at all the different ways that they can um, make money and grow their money as well. So um, that's the way we do things and they're all part of the family. So we've all got to do jobs. I don't get paid for sweeping the floor. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's what we live by at our place too. And ours do the avocado honesty box to get some money, like to refill it and make sure that's kept stocked up and all that sort of thing. And that's it, yeah. So find other ways for them to get some pocket money and do some things. But those round the house jobs are just part of being a family and being, you know, having life skills and just being able to look after yourself really, aren't they? So Oh, they still complain. So, it's not like oh, it's um, easy street. <laughs> oh, 100%. Absolutely. Still got to ask them to do it, but I'd rather ask them to do it and not have to do it myself. And I remember yeah. hearing someone tell me that years ago, and it's so true. Like, yes, you, they're never going to just jump out of bed and go and do all the jobs for you. You've got to keep hassling them, but it's still worth it, I think, rather than me having to do everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, no, it's never easy street, though, is it? Really? That's <sighs> no. <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to ask you about um uh, oh, I lost what the last thing I wanted to ask you about was. <laughs> it's completely, oh, no, I know what it was. How do we 
enlist people to help us then? Like, is there a way, have you got some tips for how to speak to the kids about it? You've touched on a couple of things, but just some, you know, and how to engage your husband and how to, because, you know, often what can happen is we end up in all this resentment and we're frustrated and we're doing everything ourselves and then, you know, all of a sudden you just flip your lid, you know, because the dishwasher's not unpacked and you just take it out on everybody and then we never get anywhere. So what is a better approach or some tips for how we can, you know, start to, if you are someone who's doing everything, how can you start to get your husband and your kids and your family more on board with sharing that load a bit more? Yeah, it's definitely about communicating and delegating with others. So um, it's looking at what other people are doing in the home and what you're doing as well and having family meetings to discuss what other people could do. So in our home, we will sit down and have um, a family meeting because the kids can have some great ideas for how to handle um, different situations as well. So really um, take on board their considerations and it also gives them some ownership um, and empowerment as well. And then it's about teaching the kids about what what needs to be done. So talking about the dishwasher, um, showing them where things need to go. You can't just pile everything up and the cups have to be a certain way. So we need to teach people how to do it but also recognising done is better than perfect. I know we want things to done exactly how we've always done it, but remember if someone can do it up to 80% of your um, how you want it done, that, that's the time. The time you're getting back is someone else doing a job for us. And then just take it step by step. Don't ask them to be doing a two-hour clean of the house like a cleaner would do. It's about starting with the kids making their bed. It's about starting with um, getting the kids to help with the, the dishwasher. It's um, seeing what other jobs you can delegate. If I've definitely found that since we've got our kids to make their own school lunches, they're actually eating it more because they're choosing what goes into there. So we have a formula that they need to have two fruit, two vegetables, a sandwich or some type of filling lunch food and a snack in there. So it's not free reign. They can't just have um, chips and um, chocolate in their lunchbox. But when they choose the food that goes in there, it definitely makes um, less food come home at the end of the day. So really communicate, teach, delegate, and remember done is better than perfect. Um, So that's my tips for getting the family on board. Um, and so you're not doing it all and reduce your mental load. Let them take the ownership over those tasks and let go, as Elsa says in Frozen. Let it go. Yes. <laughs> that's We find that too with running the business and all that sort of stuff. It's like whenever you have staff or anyone, you, you do it all yourself because you want it done perfectly or you accept that it won't be done quite as the way you might like it. It's good enough. And I think that is a big thing. Well, it's, it's leadership as well as just, you know, you know, reducing that mental load for yourself, isn't it? It's saying, okay, yeah. it's not going to be perfect. It's, it's better than me doing everything. And I think that is a big part of it is just, re- yeah, like I love that, just releasing it and let it, letting it go. <laughs> Such great advice. Time is oh, a great equaliser. We've only oh. got 1,440 minutes. And if you think if there's four people doing all the tasks in your home, you're each getting back some of your own me time. So delegate those tasks out and let everyone have some time to do the things that bring them joy. It's also empowering for the kids, isn't it? It it makes them feel like they're part of the family then and it's teaching them that great life skill of this is how we contribute to a family, to a household, and it's really, it can be very, and it's 
create those lifelong skills for them because you want them leaving home not having, no, knowing how to do anything. I think gone are those days where that's <laughs> okay. So we need yeah. to be teaching our kids these skills as well and seeing it that way as it's empowering for them too. If you, if you feel selfish doing it or if you, you know, you still got, oh, I have to do it myself, think of it as how it's actually supporting the kids too, I think is, is, a, is really useful as well. So, yeah. Bridget, it's been so, so lovely chatting today. I think there's such great advice in there. I've written down so many things and I'm, I'm just, yeah, really, really useful and helpful. And I think it's what people need. We just can't have enough of this sort of advice and support for women to help them in all of this stuff, which just leads them to being able to live their best lives if they can get this stuff, you know, help with this stuff. It just helps them so much. So I'm so grateful to you for your time and all your work. Now, have you got any courses or anything coming up that people can head to find out more about you or where should they go to find out what's happening with Be Simply Free? Yeah, jump over to besimplyfree.com.au to see um, all the things I have there. So you can work with me one-on-one starting at any time for you. But my next course, Clear Clutter, Find Time, will start on the 9th of September. So, um, yeah, get in contact me with me if you'd like to join that one. That will be a group course where we'll be helping women to declutter yeah, their homes, phones, calendars and minds and giving you lots of practical tips for finding your wife for your home, decluttering that calendar and making space for you in there and to go through the different rooms in your home so I'd love to help people to declutter um, and find more time for themselves so we can focus on collecting those moments not things oh that's so good that sounds like it would be fantastic so thank you so much for joining me today and enjoy the rest of your day and thanks everyone for listening see you Bridget thanks bye